Welcome to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. I'm your host, Stephanie, tonight. And I'm the other host, Mark. <laughs> That's right. We're co-hosts here on Free Talk Live. And in case you're wondering, you are hearing a live broadcast of tonight's program. Free Talk Live is on seven nights a week from 10, uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can also hear us anytime you want to on our website, which is freetalklive.com, freetalklive.com. And, uh, you know, we make all the archives available for you for free, which is an interesting feature that not too many other radio shows have. So feel free to take full advantage of that. Also, you can, uh, you know, go suggest show prep at freetalklive.com. You, there's a social, what, what, what do they got, news aggregator thing where you can post videos or news stories and you know whatever there and people will vote it up vote it down and you can do the same with theirs so it's kind of an interactive site for an interactive program Mm -hmm. and sometimes we look at that as a source of uh, show prep mark but even if we don't see it or if we don't happen to talk about it on the air probably a lot more people will have their eyes on it because it is pretty popular for i guess uh, uh like you said social news site or sharing articles and, and stuff. to prove that we're live tonight uh, i guess there was some kind of big news yeah, yeah, I heard about this right before the show. Um, there was a shooting at a temple in Wisconsin, and it's a Sikh temple. or Sikh? S- Sikh? I've heard Sikh. S-I-K-H, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, leaving seven people dead, including the shooter. I guess there was a cop also who got injured. Sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that for, for everybody who was involved. Um, yep. It's not really clear. I'd like I've been kind of reading about this and trying to sort of glean like what would be things to talk about from this. And of course, we're going to say, you know, like send our condolences out to the people who are shooting people is bad. Killed. Yeah. Shooting people is bad. Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, I don't know what, uh, what there's an issue to it, but uh, you know, if, if well, people the, find out new issue, stuff and they want to talk about it. Yeah. If they want to, I mean, if anybody wants to call in and discuss some aspect of the story with us, you, you're welcome to do so. Is at it eight. terrorism? Um, they're calling it domestic terrorism. Okay. Go ahead. The cops are in our number, by the way, eight five five four fifty free. That's 855-450-3733 if you want to comment on this or anything else that's on your mind. So is it somebody who became confused? Because Sikhs will often, because they wear turbans, often are confused with Muslims because some people believe that Muslims wear turbans. Ah, yes. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, as far as I can understand, uh, they're saying in this article, which was last updated at 6.43 p.m. and right now it's 7.08, so just right off the presses from CBS News, the police have yet to confirm the gunman's identity or the suspected gunman's identity. Uh, so people don't really know who he is or what his motivations are. But, of course, we'll try to stay tuned into this and bring it to you if there's anything interesting. Um, it was a somebody on the scene said the gunman was a Caucasian male wearing black blue pants and a white shirt. You know, I mean, it could be valuable information and maybe uh, false at this point. You know, things are so sure. Soon. So. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't know really much more that we can say about this. I suspect people will probably try to make an issue out of it in terms of gun control, especially like that was really prevalent in the news with the Aurora, Colorado shooting yep. that happened recently. True. And I just don't know. Something I, bad's I continue- happened. Let's take rights away. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm definitely skeptical of that. I don't think the answer is for the government to ban things or to like you know, de- you know, ban certain magazines or guns altogether. I don't think that's going to work because obviously it doesn't stop crazy people from getting firearms and from shooting people. However, I also don't. I'm. I'm also really skeptical that just everybody carrying guns. Like people are probably going to say, "Oh, if everybody, if only somebody in that church had had a gun, this would never have happened." And I'm skeptical. Who carries of that a gun too. to church? Um. <laughs> yeah, that's almost like. 
I don't know. It's almost like carrying one into a hospital. Like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, the, so I guess when it comes down to it for me is if you, if a gun makes one feel safer, one should be able to carry it as far as I'm concerned. I'm not 100% convinced that it's the greatest uh, protection, but maybe, in, but certainly, certainly, certainly in some circumstances it is. Uh, I mean, I think that if, if a person pulls, also... a dr- pulls a gun, if a person's holding a gun on you, having a gun in your waistband isn't going to be much use because they're holding a gun on you. Mm-hmm. And mean, it could also get you know stolen from you or turned against you, or you could make a mistake and shoot someone that you didn't want to shoot or didn't want to kill. I've heard the numbers of police officers that uh, are shot with their own weapons is very high, uh, you know, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just what I heard from some guy who's, uh, you know, big into the, the gun arena. I haven't been able to find any numbers like that. It was kind of one of those hush hush kind of things. Oh, yeah, we don't report that news. Yeah, I bet that's something that a lot of people might feel embarrassed about if it got out. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for your right to defend your life. Like, if if your life is yours, if you're if you own yourself, you're a sovereign individual, then of course you have the, the right to defend yourself however you you know see fit. But oftentimes, guns kind of bleed into this area of of aggression. I think they're they can often be sort of a display of power, um, and I'm not totally comfortable with that. Gotcha. So. If you have comments on the story, of course, 855-450-FREE, like we mentioned, or if you want to talk about guns, uh, anything that's on your mind is a fair game to bring up on Free Talk Live. But Mark, you had an interesting issue that you wanted to bring up. This relates to the Olympics. So, so sort it's of t- timely also. Tom- timely. also. Um, yeah, tell me more about that. I guess there's this this guy, Oscar uh, Petronas, perhaps, Petronas, uh, who is running in the Olympics, and he has a pair of uh, carbon fiber legs. They, I guess, are called um, uh, cheetahs or something like that. They're, they're you know, these, these things upon which, uh, you know, they're, they're prosthetics upon which he can run, and they're kind of, you know, springy, although they're, they're one piece. They, they, you know, sort of springy, and uh, mm-hmm. he's able to, uh, you know, Run, and I mean, you know, he's clearly an Olympic level athlete. I'm not saying that this guy. I don't know anything, right? They they did some science on this guy's legs, and uh, they said, well, he has to deliver the force that makes these springs spring back. So mm-hmm. he's creating all the energy. He wasn't allowed to participate. I think it was in the 2008 Olympics, and this is the first one he's able to, or maybe it was 2004, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so he was not allowed, and then he is allowed. And I guess what it brings up for me is. You know what? What's fair? Because yeah, with the you know back in the doping scandal with uh, Mark McGuire and I don't know, um, I can't remember everybody's name that was going on in there, but you know they were talking about the steroids. Oh, Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, yeah, yeah. all those guys. They were yeah. talking about the steroids, and I think it's interesting. You know, when you're looking at um, you know these all these athletes from the uh, from the past, and you're talking about them uh you know i mean these guys participated without things like antibiotics so i mean <laughs> yeah. you know ask yourself if uh somebody you know what, what, how, how many of these athletes died from bacterial infections that could have been stopped with antibiotics that now um you know an athlete gets it they take a round of antibiotics and they're cured mm-hmm. uh, you know this is these are the the kind of things that um you know the, the advantages that athletes in the past didn't have mm-hmm See, you know, whenever this issue comes up, I um, I have a, an interesting perspective on it, I think, that's maybe different than most people. Um, so, like, a lot of people are concerned that this isn't fair. I'm looking at a picture of Oscar uh, Petronas. Is that what you said right now? Yeah, I, and he, he literally has these, like, metal things, like, 
coming down from his knees. They're mm-hmm. like metal looking feet things. And, you know, there have been people who've accused of been accused of using steroids and human growth hormone and all kinds of stuff like that. And I say like, you know, it's not fair. We're all, we're not all starting off with the exact same genetics. You know, clearly there are other factors beyond your control that enter into how good of an athlete somebody is besides just um, the training that you put in and the work. And that, that affects it too. Like that's a a huge deal. Um, But it's not a completely level playing field to sort of begin with. Like a lot of people are, are just not very athletic anyway, but maybe they have other strengths, like they're intelligent or they're good at solving problems. But I wonder when I see things like this and I see people using steroids, um, I wonder if those things actually really do present such an unfair advantage because I could really see how, like if you're, if you're using steroids, you might not have an advantage. You might get so big that you're more prone to injury. You might um, the muscle tissue might grow so fast that you're more prone to get injured. It could be, but you know, I'm, so they're claiming that the U.S. Uh, cycling team was uh, was using steroids in the past. Uh, well, the, the blood doping is another example where you take out blood and then your body replaces the blood that mm-hmm. was lost, and then you put in the original blood, so you have yeah, more, more red cells. Red cells. Yeah. But that leads to an increased risk of heart attacks and clots. So that might not actually be a true advantage. So. I don't know. I'm just skeptical that these treatments are really like these enhancements or whatever. I, I would take their are you know, helping them get ahead. I would take their word that it's you know helping them get ahead. I mean you know I've taken all kinds of uh, the human know. body's pretty finely tuned. I don't know what what do you think? It's free talk live. There's more coming up. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Stephanie with you. And Mark. And you can feel welcome to call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Bring up anything that's on your mind. We play it fast and loose here on the Sunday edition, and uh, we'll talk to you about anything that you're thinking about. Stephanie, um, you we have an advertiser. It's the Sea Crane Company. Mm-hmm. And you got a radio from them. Is that right? I did. I got their Wi-Fi internet radio. And... This is perfect for me because I love to have audio playing in the background. I don't have a TV at my house, but, um, you know, because I'm kind of too busy to like actually sit down and watch anything. But I like to keep some audio or podcasts playing in the background. And so I love to just put on LRN.FM or listen to like, you know, This Week in Tech has like a streaming station as well. Um, other other shows 
yep. all available on there or even like just some music. And so I find that I kind of like am leaving it going all the time, which is awesome. Yep. I, so I really enjoy it. I highly recommend. I mean, the uh, the quality of the sound that comes out of that one little speaker is amazing. Like you wouldn't think that such a small device could deliver such a powerful sound, but it really does. So I have to say that I'm really happy with it, especially for the price. And I, I couldn't recommend it more. And how much was it? It was $129, I think. This is the CC Wi-Fi internet radio, and you get uh, 18,000 radio stations on it uh, worldwide. Pandora, Apio, Live uh, 365, MP3 Tunes. I'm not familiar with that one. But, uh, you know, you can listen to just about anything there. And you go to ccrane.com and get one. If you mention Free Talk Live when you check out, you get a free flashlight. Uh, you you took advantage of the free shipping that uh, was offered at the time, mm-hmm. but uh, you know free flashlight it's nice. Ccrane dot com mention free talk live. All right, well thanks, Mark, and um, let's go to the phones. We've got a call. I think the Viper is on the line. Viper, hello, Viper. Calling from. Have you come to wipe my windows? <laughs> no, I did not come to wipe them. Okay. Or bite, bite, bite them. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I have this uh, brewing, I think, probably for about a week now. Uh, mm-hmm. With y'all uh, talking about uh, gay rights and gay this and gay that. And, and I just want to say, as a person who grew up with uh, parents who really, really hated gay people, and had no clue why. Mm-hmm. That you know, who really cares? Mm. Well, yeah, indeed. I mean, I care from the standpoint of of visibility and of acknowledging that gay people are people and have the same rights as everybody else. But um, yeah, I certainly don't have any kind of judgment upon them. And actually, if I did, that would be pretty messed up because I'm bisexual, so I'm <laughs> kind of in that umbrella. Right, right, and uh, the, <laughs> it was funny because the call screener had asked me who I was, and I said I was Viper, and where are you calling from? Oh, the internet, mm-hmm. and he said, well, what do you want to talk about? The gays, and he was like, well, you're not really giving yourself a chance to get on the air, and I was like, well, I don't really give a dang. Here <laughs> you know, on Free Talk Live, we don't, <laughs> do, we don't do too much as far as call screening goes, I mean, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah, it seems like it was, it was more of a call screening process that that i had even you know been in when Eden was there i was like what so viper i have a question for you um you mentioned that your parents disliked gay people or were homophobic like how did you did you end up absorbing that viewpoint from them and if so like how did you kind of change your mind towards being more accepting uh it was a long process uh i pretty much was a conservative type person up mm-hmm. until I was about uh, the about uh, thirty, mm-hmm. and then I got cancer. Mm. Oh, sorry to hear that. And then I had to have a couple of cancer surgeries and had to be off from work for a while for those. Mm-hmm. And uh, while that happened, I, you know, had more access to the internet than I had really had ever had. You know, I was just too busy before that. Uh, and I, opened your uh, mind. <laughs> what's that? So it opened your mind? No, it didn't. It closed it. Oh, I see. What's that funny noise? Viper, are you still there? Yep. 
Oh, okay. Well, we heard a noise that sounded like maybe got disconnected. But anyway, go go ahead. So you, it closed your mind to have more internet access? Uh, yeah, I, I ran into this guy, uh, he, and I eventually found out that he worked for the FBI. His name was Hal Turner. I'm familiar with uh, Hal. Yeah. Yeah, I think he went to, to prison, didn't he? I, I wouldn't know. I only followed him as far as to the point where he said, look at this man's video. And the man that he named was Ron Paul. Mm. And then... Uh, so I listened to Hal Turner, who was a very, very hateful man, and then was introduced to Ron Paul, who was basically his diametric opposite. The opposite, yeah. And uh, got on board with, uh, you know, thinking more freely. And one of the very first things I discovered in uh, late 2007 was Free Talk Live. Mm. Been on and board for a while. Huh? You've been on board for a while. Yeah, I miss Wayne. I miss Nick. Every... I miss Guard being on the show. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> We've had a lot of different co-hosts throughout the years. Yeah, and those were all they were all great. So, um, so yeah, Viper, they were. was there anything else you wanted to say about you know how you feel about gay people or any issue you want you wanted to bring up? I just don't understand why it is that that people can't. You know, I'm not gay. Nobody I really know is that I know of. But well, you when you I, listen to Free Talk Live out, all the time, right? So you know me a little bit. I'm I'm not gay. I'm bi, but that's close enough. And you probably know Derek J, right? Or maybe Dale, who was a former co-host of Free Talk Live. So you know some gay yeah, people. Yeah, I know about all that. But you know that doesn't mean anything. You know, you hear voices over the you know the through the. Uh, the mysterious tubes, as Guard might call them. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't mean anything until you see those people in real life, you know. And, you know, those are happy people. Sure. So what are we doing here? Are we? Why do we need to interject ourselves into the lives of happy people? Yeah, you really got to ask yourself, if you want freedom for yourself... How can you go and tell other people how they're going to live? Because if this is the two-sided sword. If you can tell people how they're going to live in whatever way, you know, maybe you have the best ideas in the world, but if you're going to tell them how they have to live their lives, then somebody's going to be able to tell you have to, how you have to live yours. That's the, that's the, the social right. contract and as it comes down. My experience has told me, you know, and I've been alive uh, about 35 years, and my experience has told me that my idea of what is best for people probably ain't the right one. Well, they got to live their lives. You got to live yours. Thanks for the call, Viper. All right. Um, Mark, do you want to talk more about this Olympic oh, um, yeah, I performance think is, enhancing issue? I think this is very interesting as, as far as the, um, you know, and, and a timely issue. Uh, the, the so, South- okay. I think there's a principle in here some, somewhere, right? Did, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt? No, you? go right ahead. Well, the principle, okay. You own yourself, right? You should you should be able to do what you want with oh, your own body. Oh, I don't body. think that it goes that far. I mean, you know, these are they're work they're competing within uh, sporting organizations. Certainly, governments uh, you know are involved in sporting organizations to some extent. But I guess you know what's fair uh, is uh, you know what what's fair when it comes to sport. Indeed, what do you think is fair? Let us know at eight five five four fifty free here on Free Talk Live. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's Stephanie with you. And Mark. And we'd love to hear from you this evening. You're listening to the live Sunday night edition. You can call us 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And I want to let you know that if you are looking for different ways to listen to Free Talk Live, you know, some people hear it on the radio and they only get it one night a week. And, you know, they want to know how they can hear Free Talk Live every night of the week because we do do a show live seven days a week. Um, You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to find out all of your listening options. And they include radio, satellite, uh, the, the webcam, the podcast, and internet streams. And am I forgetting anything, Mark? I'm just thinking that we should buy the uh, the URL freetalklime.cov. Freetalk <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes I can talk. Well, like I do this for a living. Everybody or does that. Which <laughs> <laughs> is <just> funny. <laughs> Sometimes a spoonerism can be amusing. Yes, especially when it involves some kind of a Freudian slip. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we've experienced that a couple of times on our show together. Oh, yeah, that's been there before. <laughs> so... We were just starting to get into this issue of fairness and sort of performance enhancing drugs and body modifications. And, you know, what people do seem to take this really seriously. Like they seem to get really well, upset. People, most when people they perceive- are into sports more than I am. Me too. I'm not very into sports. We've talked about this before too. Right. And you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with, uh, with it. I mean, you know, different, different types of sports I have different thoughts on, mm-hmm. um, you know, some I like more than the others. My wife's really into the Olympics this year. Um, it's the first year we've had TV in a very long time <laughs> and she's been enjoying it. She's been watching the tennis. She's been watching the swimming and, and they get upset when they perceive something unfair about, especially about a sport that they care about. Although you're right. It does sort of call into question the, the concept of, well, why aren't they looking at like all the things that the government does, like taking money from everybody and then spending it the way that they want to? How is that fair? Well, you know, I mean, people are going to look for fairness in whatever circumstance they're looking for. And people like fairness. I mean, you know, yep, they, I like it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're drawn to the ideas of fairness. And I don't get too upset about this, though, because like, honestly, I think that sometimes. OK, here's my perspective. What I've what I know about evolution and about human physiology and sports medicine and all that is and that you're a medical student. Yep. And so I know quite a quite a bit, I think, um, you know, not not an expert, I guess, but but more than the average person, I say. And the human body is very fine tuned. I mean, it has had millions of years of evolution to be adapted to a lot of different things. And, you know, there's a wide range in how we express our genes and, and what we end up looking like and being able to do in our lives. But the human body is pretty good. So it's it's hard to even envision like using a device such as a prosthetic leg 
to significantly improve upon the finely built structures that we have in our legs. I don't know whether I agree with that. I mean, if uh, if a prosthetic limb could be long enough, then one's, I mean, an, an athlete's stride is really important. So, I mean, I don't know everything yeah. there is to know about prosthetic limbs, but I'm, I can, but I'll might, bet you they might can it make... also make it more likely that you'd trip if it was longer? Uh, certainly, it's po- the possibility exists, but I mean, I know that they can make a prosthetic limb right now that will be significantly faster I mean, I don't know if they need to use uh, you know little rocket boosters but, in it or whatever. But, but why aren't human legs like six feet long? If that's true, if it's an advantage to have a long stride, probably running well, away from disadvantages to being a larger um, larger humans yeah. don't live as long. I yeah. mean, you know, but you know, you can use different prosthetic limbs for different circumstances, and the, you know, there may be the right prosthetic limb for running quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, running quickly is just one facet of the evolutional equation or whatever it is, mm-hmm. evolutionary equation. And so, you know, I mean. So here's a question. Is technology like prosthetic limbs, like drugs that might enhance athletic performance or whatever, is that sort of an extension of, of humanity? Like, it, are we using our brains to create technologies that can help us grow as a, I guess, as a species and do more things and break previous limits and you know aren't isn't that sort of like i don't know natural in a way like to to sort of use your brain when you can't push your body any further to enhance things does that make sense Uh, it it does you know to me it seems like we're talking about sort of fairness and you know i i go back to these uh, athletes in the past jim thorpe comes to mind he's my favorite athlete ever i think that he's uh, amazing in what he could do um and the versatility but you know a lot of athletes got to the olympics back in the early 1900s by boat well how come we don't make the athletes ride in boats now because i mean you know the 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 transit would be longer some athletes would have to give up going to the olympics because they have some kind of a commitment here or there surely some athlete in the past had to give up going to the olympics for the very same reason if you want fairness you know let's let's you know let's talk about fairness here Um, yeah isn't it unfair to have the olympics in anybody's like home country because like they have the home field advantage or whatever i i guess i mean i don't know if that's uh you know maybe maybe not um you know, maybe they should float it around on a big barge. <laughs> Do you think it's like nostalgia that people cling to this idea that like it should be completely natural and you shouldn't have any of these technologies that might enhance people's performance? Maybe, um, you know, or maybe at the same time, they don't want young people making decisions on over sport. Yep. That was that's going to affect their their lives. I mean, you well, know, doing any, steroids may shorten your life. Yes. I think it probably could. Yep. Um, even it if it was administered a lot of, a lot of things by yeah. a doctor yep. um, and watched over. But, I, but, but that's a choosing decision. to play football in the first place could damage, is very likely actually to damage your knees and your back and everything else. And it happens to many college athletes every year. I had a, a good friend of mine who was, uh, you know, a college athlete and his knee got destroyed playing football. And, yeah. you know, he ended up doing, uh, you know, another choice of careers. And, and you know, I mean, it, it's sad. I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that sports shouldn't be played. I think that there's no, a strong role for for physical education. But I just I wonder about these conversations about fairness and exactly how they come into play, because mm-hmm. I'm sure that prosthetic limbs can be made to make people faster. And but would you cut point, off your legs to trade it in for a prosthesis? Or? I think that if you yeah, I think that uh, once prosthetics get better and better, that it may very well be that people, you know, essentially have, you know, new limbs, new limbs that are better than the old ones, new robotic limbs. I mean, <laughs> well, would you but, cut off your arm if you could have an arm that then had a, a laser in it and, uh, you know, a flashlight and, you know, who, who knows what else? 
I don't know. Maybe some people would, but like, are we there yet? Are we at that point no, where we're not the there. prosthetics we're not the are better? Gadget level yet? No, and that's what I think because I don't see any athletes like trading in their limbs for prostheses. So the prostheses might, must not be better, you know, than than natural limbs. I don't know that I. Can, I don't know that we can reason that. I mean, it, yeah. if you were passionate, if your whole life was about a sport. And you are so dedicated to that that you would literally do anything to win. I mean, I, I I don't know if I have a hard time relating to that mentality. Right. But some people feel that, you know, some people feel that way. And I could envision someone like, yeah, sure, I'll trade in my legs. Well, for I, I don't think we're, given, legs. we're not be given, given all the information. There was a study done on this. Uh, this fella here. Um, his name is uh, Patronus mm-hmm. uh, Patronus. Uh, and they did some kind of science with him and they decided uh, it was maybe it was the Journal of Applied Physiology, um, that said that, yeah, no, there's no advantage here. So either they're not studying it the right way or they're right. So, you know, there's this, uh, you're left up in the air. Now, if, you know, if they would have come back and said, absolutely, there's a distinct advantage Mm -hmm. for this athlete and they would have let him in the Olympics, then I think you might very well see some people chopping legs off in order to have be faster. But we don't have they don't have the information now. They're left in a in a quandary. They're they're not they're they're not sure. Mm-hmm. So, and and they just made a study basically on his prosthetic limbs. Mm-hmm. So there you know there's no guarantee that there's not a prosthetic limb out there that doesn't make one faster, or that the, certainly one will come in the future that uh, will make one faster. So. And there's no guarantee that the Olympics will allow that prosthetic limb, the better one, in. So the athletes don't have the same motivations, you know, the motivations they should. If the Olympics said, all right, any prosthetics are okay, Mm -hmm. then you might see something entirely different. Yeah. Well, but I mean, what about looking at it from the other side and saying, like, is it discrimination to not let him in? Because he did have this injury that he didn't choose, right? That kind of blew off his legs, right? And so he has it's to have prostheses, question. you know. So is it discriminatory to bar him from competing? I don't know. I mean, if I, <laughs> um, it, you know, basically it would come down to the prosthetics. Mm-hmm. You know, if these prosthetics don't give him an advantage and they say they don't, I don't know that I believe them. Um then fine. But if they do give him an advantage, then, you know, what is the sport going to be dominated by people with prosthetic limbs? Let us know what you think. Is it unfair advantage, discrimination, something else? 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie with you. And Mark. You can call Free Talk Live at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733, the number to get in touch with us about anything that's on your mind. And actually, if you want to watch us doing the show, if you want to see what we look like or just see our wildly gesticulating hand motions, (laughs) or maybe we'll wave to you once in a while, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. You'll also find a chat room there where you can connect with other Free Talk Live listeners. 
And Mark, I want to talk about something uh, that's kind of interesting. It's It has to do with the nanny state, and it takes the word nanny state to a whole new level. Before but- we go on, I want to talk about the Free State Project. Mm. The Free State Project is an idea to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to one state, a small state, um, in order to have some effect on the society, the greater, so- greater society, the political atmosphere, whatever um, those you know, 20,000 liberty-loving individuals would do. A thousand have already picked up and moved to New Hampshire, and you can be part of it. You can go to freestateproject.org, sign up, pick up your life, and move. Signing up's great, and it gets you, you know, it certainly helps the Free State Project. One step closer to, uh, you know, reaching that 20,000 number. Indeed, that's a good thing, and uh, certainly there'll be some news when we hit 20,000, but... Really picking up and moving. That's what, uh, you know, that's that's what's going to make the Free State Project a success. If it's and con- likely I would make the argument that I would almost be willing to guarantee that it is probably freer where, than where you are currently living. That's an accurate statement. That was certainly what my experience was when I moved here. So so thanks a lot. Uh, freestateproject.org one more time. Now, okay, there's something going on in New York City, and there's been a lot of news coming out of New York City recently. The soda ban, you know, they've banned trans fats a couple of years ago. You know, they're they're really known for, like, these pretty intrusive policies that are really regulating, like, sort of what can go in your body. Uh, a lot of people find those very, very... Um, hands-on and just way too intimately involved with the the government getting into your business. And I certainly share those sentiments. Yeah, there's this uh, New York ban on big sodas. Yep, anything over 16 ounces, which, you know, has been covered extensively on the show. And it's you can go to archives.freetalklive.com and, uh, and look for that if you want to hear more coverage. But I was out at the, the local fair here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. The I think it was yesterday. Um, yep, yesterday. And we got one of those large lemonades that are ridiculously high priced, $6 or something like that. And they had an option to refill uh, for $3. Mm-hmm. We must have spent $15 on lemonade uh, because <laughs> it was hot. Yeah. And... You know, I mean, it was probably, nice to have a big beverage. That probably didn't have um, high fructose corn syrup in it, though, right? Yeah, does it really matter? I mean, it was a big sugary beverage. Uh, you know, what's his Some name? People, Bloomberg doesn't care whether it has sugar or whether it has honey or whether it has uh, yeah. high fructose corn syrup in it. He only cares whether or not it he has He cares whether it has of, aspartame, right? Because that's right. okay. And Diet soda is okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, now they're going after, can you guess, Mark, what they're going to go after next? I heard the article, so... <laughs> Well, of course, it's all about the children. That's what we're told, right? Mm-hmm. So they are now going after baby formula in New York City. Uh, the headline from New York Post is the nanny state is going after moms. And I think this does take nanny state, the phrase nanny state, to a whole new level. Um, Mayor Bloomberg is pushing hospitals to hide their baby formula behind locked doors. So more mothers will, more new mothers will breastfeed. Um, starting Really? To, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, this guy's... This is a pretty bold thing to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now he's he mandating or suggesting? Um, let's see about this. Um, starting September 3rd, the city will keep tabs on the number of bottles that participating hospitals stock and use. The Sounds most, pretty close to a mandate to me. Yep, it's close. Um, maybe the hospitals can opt out, but that probably means they won't get some certain funding or whatever. Well, they're um, just going to be kept an eye on. Uh-huh. Uh, the most restrictive pro-breast milk program in the nation. Under the city health department's nuts. Vo- voluntary latch on NYC initiative. Oh, yeah, it's voluntary for now unless you don't comply and then it will become mandatory. Right. Well, we're not getting them to do what we want this way, so we're going to have to force them. Yeah. 
Uh, 27. This is despicable. I mean, lots of different women <laughs> choose formula for lots of reasons. I, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. some of those reasons I would probably agree with and some of them I would probably disagree with. Yep. I certainly am a, am a fan of uh, breastfeeding. Uh, uh, and the science is clear that that's like the superior option, right? But there are multiple reasons. Like some women just don't have milk, you know, whether whatever the cause is that they, they don't. It doesn't happen, right? I don't spend a lot of time on the air talking about my wife's nipples, but I can tell you that <laughs> she, I mean, it, this was it, this was a challenge. She had one child. Mm-hmm. Some women have more than one. Feeding twins, at, 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 even. <laughs> twins, yeah. right. Uh, she had one child, and it was, you know, her, her, it was, their, her nipples were tender. They were, you know, oh, she, sure. you know some, in some cases, bleeding a little bit. So, yeah. and this this is just... One woman, one child having probably normal problems. Mm-hmm. So when you decide that you're going to you know, force women into that normal problem, some can do it, some can't. What if you've had breast cancer? And you literally can't nurse. I mean, how bad would you feel if this? Obviously, they're going to make it available to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to women have that situation. But, you know, some women are going to be on the, the borderline of like, oh, this hurts. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the one to tell that woman what she can or can't. I mean, sh- should women have to fake it in order to, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, and this no. is going to create a culture of, you know, Formula is bad. Do we really want to teach women that their way of feeding their child is bad? It's it's inferior. Yeah. And I mean, it's very insulting, I think, because a lot of the people who probably there are probably people who might consider themselves maybe liberals. Right. Who um, who are pro this initiative because they believe that it will increase breastfeeding and that will be healthier for babies. Sure. But really, who cares who gets same- hurt as long as we do what's right for society? Well, but a lot of these same people who would probably be for this are probably against the government regulating things like abortion, you know? Uh, so, in, but it's both the same right. thing. Keep it's your the government. laws off my ninnies. Yes. Yeah. Keep your laws out of my uterus and off of my nipples. It's mm-hmm. that simple. I mean, that should be the principle behind this is autonomy of a woman's choices about what to do with her own body. And and really anyone's choices about what to do with their own body because the government loves to, you know, regulate uh, choices done by men too when they ban things like trans fats and everything. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think anyone could get excited about this story, but um, it says, let's see, 27 of the city's 40 hospitals have also agreed to give up swag bags sporting formula company logos, uh, toss out formula branded tchotchkes and like lanyards and mugs. Oops excuse me, <laughs> like lanyards and mugs, and document a medical reason for every bottle that a newborn receives. Document a medical reason for every bottle that a newborn receives. Oh, yeah. this is great. Now give the nurses a little more. As it, more as work if, to do. Yeah, as if they and don't have so enough to So babies are going to go hungry. Don't you think? Like that might be an unintended consequence of this. They're it, not, I, the babies. <laughs> it could very well, I suppose. Um, I... We got some of these things in the mail, different kinds of stuff. They, you know, if they find out you got a kid coming, and I don't know how they do, but uh, they do, and they'll give you, they mark it to you, and mm. oh, I guess maybe it's a birth certificate. Once you, oh, wow, yeah, once you get a birth oh. certificate, and then they they find out, and they send, yeah, they send you stuff. Some of this stuff was useful. We got some free stuff that was useful. We got some yeah. stuff we didn't use at all. So, you know, no big deal. Passed it on. Somebody, somebody else somewhere maybe used it. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't deny, like, there's a lot of research on the fact that um, branding of merchandise, like giving away free pens to doctors that say Viagra and stuff on them mm-hmm. and, you know, giving out little stress balls and trinkets and bags and stuff, that 
people seeing those brand names, it makes an impact on them. Even if they believe that they're not being influenced by that, scientifically, if you look at their prescriptions, they are more likely to prescribe those things. And so, you know, that advertising is powerful. And I know a lot of doctors actually who will who will take that swag from pharma companies, but then they'll tape over the name mm. or they'll they'll remove the label somehow. So they kind of like uh, it's almost like the people uh, the what is it called? The no logo movement mm-hmm. the, where they black out all, all logos and all stuff like that um, to remove the branding. It's like a very anti-corporate kind yeah. of sentiment. Um, but yeah, I know doctors who do that and I think their patients probably appreciate it because they're showing that they're trying to be unbiased and stuff. Um, so I can't say I really like disagree, especially if it's voluntary with um, eschewing the merchandise that has the formula branding on it. But documenting every bottle that a newborn receives don't you think that's a little excessive i mean i think it's nuts yeah if they really cared about the health of babies so much like wouldn't they be banning circumcision i mean <laughs> that seems like more well, grievous harm than giving them a bottle i think circumcision's a, a decision i think it has advantages and disadvantages it's not one that i it's not a choice that i would make for my son uh, but you know i mean I, from what i've seen there are advantages and disadvantages to circumcision that there's you know some some guys have trouble with uh, you know pieces of skin being in the wrong place and this is probably one of the reasons that as uh, far as preventing infections goes there is actual research on that and it is not very effective at preventing urinary tract infections it it confers a very small benefit but maybe like it prevents two out of a thousand or something like that so and really with with hygiene and you know proper care that can that can be avoided yeah but a lot of uh, yeah, the proper care is a key but they don't give parents uh, you know instruction you don't cut on, off your ear cuz people might forget to wash behind their ear you know <laughs> i understand but they don't give parents instructions on proper care of uh, mm. the children with foreskins well in my opinion the whole medical system's a little messed up it's free talk live more coming up in hour 2 if you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie with you. And Mark. We're kicking off the second hour of the show, and we'd love to hear from you at 855 855- 450 free. That's 855-450-3733. Bring up anything that's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live, and we love to talk about different subjects. We were talking about this nanny status breast milk policy, Mark, but, uh, you know, I think uh, maybe we'll move on to something different. Um, I'd like to talk about the the person who requested to die, the death row inmate. Um, do you have that up, Mark? Yeah, I can pull that right up here. Just one second. Okay. So it's a really strange story. Out in Oregon, a death row inmate 
was had his uh, sentence commuted by the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, here it is from rawstory.com. Convicted murderer Gary Hagen um, has rejected clemency of Oregon Governor John uh, Kitzenbauer and has said he wants to die. Now, from that statement right there, I would say that there's nothing in the constitutions that I any state constitutions that I've read that says that um, that the inmate that anybody who's receiving clemency or a pardon from a governor has any right to refuse that. So if you're going, you know, judges make judgments based on the law, hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, especially constitutional questions like this. So I don't get it. But it says here, America's emotional debate over the role of the death penalty has taken a strange new twist after a convicted killer has been granted the legal right to insist on his right to be executed. Oregon death row inmate Gary Hagen, who was found guilty of murdering his girlfriend's mother and also another prisoner, says he wants to die. Despite a reprieve by um, anti-death penalty Oregon Governor John Kurtzenbacher, and now a uh, court has granted Hagen, 49, the right to reject Kurtzenbacher's clemency move, which was issued just weeks before he was scheduled to be executed by lethal injection last December. Mm. So, you know, I mean, this is a very interesting sort of turn here yeah you know what man what a twisted individual (laughs) i just don't understand um you know obviously how how could i understand i mean it's clearly suicidal but and i guess that you know he would then if he had his uh, sentence commuted to life be eligible to go back into inmate population i don't think that they could keep somebody in a state of death row yeah, that wasn't you know. Death on row death is row. waiting for a decision, right? It's not really waiting to die necessarily. Well, I mean, I suppose it's waiting for a decision. There's lots of decisions along the way. Mm-hmm. There's mandatory appeals and all this stuff, and takes an I think it's an average of seven years or something like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, most of those numbers are driven down by Oklahoma and, and Texas. Um, you know, many yeah. states you're going to sit for fifteen, twenty years on death row, uh, right. waiting to get executed. Right. I mean, most states are, just aren't rushing off to do executions so they don't get done uh, as quickly i i think this is i think a person has the right to commit suicide if that's what they want i think it's interesting in this circumstance that he's demanding to be executed i mean the fact is you know having been in prison myself i can tell you that inmates know at least where i was they knew how to kill themselves you you know you, you take a you know, rip off a piece of sheet so that you have a cord and you take that cord and you tie it around your neck and you tie it around the end of your bunk and you just kind of tighten it up and the blood flow will be, you know, cease to go to your, your head and you'll just kind of die there. If you want to die, you can kill yourself in prison. So, mm. you know, this guy wants to force them to do it. And it's, uh, you know, it's like a strange kind of twisted. Do you think they have him on suicide watch, though, because he made this request? Like as soon as he made it? Could be. Yeah, and I I don't know. I mean, I, people, how how much can they watch you? Yeah, it's hard. That's the thing when you said people have a right to kill themselves. I mean, I guess I would technically agree with that. But like, even if I didn't, how would you really stop someone? It's really difficult to stop someone from doing that. Like, if it was somebody that I that I knew or cared about in some way, I think I would, I think I would attempt to like talk to them about it and see if they were really like, you know, in their right mind. If like that was, if that was like a well thought out. Uh, thing that they wanted to they decided that their life was over and they wanted to end it or if it was just kind of like maybe a momentary thing that they could be they could be talked out of yeah suicide's a pretty rare thing in prison uh you know mainly 
I think people want to be around for the possibility of getting out. Um, and, you know, I didn't I didn't see uh, very many suicides. I saw some people who clearly made decisions that, uh, you know, were very short sighted. And obviously suicide is a uh, short sighted decision. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I didn't see anybody really killing themselves too much. I think maybe maybe one guy did um, now that I think about it. But, you know, I mean, young people kill themselves all the time. If you're you know, incarcerated with a in a prison of 1200 people and you're there for six years and they cycle these people in and out over six months, you know, basically six months, there's almost an entire turnaround. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that pass through that place. Did you see anybody get? Get murdered by other inmates? I know that it happened in a prison that I was at. Um, you know, a guy named Donald McDougal got his head beaten in with mm. a uh, uh, one of those uh, horseshoe, the, the stake, the horseshoe stake. Oh, you know my talking gosh. About for, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a solid oh. metal bar and they beat his head in. Oh, that sounds awful. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was horrifying stuff. I didn't see it, but, um, you know, yuck. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, these things happen i just don't know i mean i guess i'm I'm no fan of the death penalty the reason i'm not a fan of the death penalty is because i think the humans make mistakes i don't feel bad when you know evil people get executed i just don't i do think that people can turn their lives around but that's not really an argument argument against the death penalty because people will likely still be in prison i don't think that society is going to you know, wake up and decide that it's a good, I didn't even wake up is the right term, decide that it's a good idea to release convicted murderers, you know, after 25 years or something. The chances of people committing murder after being incarcerated for 25 years is pretty slim. Mm-hmm. But people realize what a final thing murder is, yeah. and they, they're not going to release people. So, uh, you know, I'm, what good does one do from prison? I think it can be debatable. I mean... Yeah. Um, yeah. There's the idea of um, restorative justice. Right. And you could argue that prison does nothing to restitute the victim. Nothing. Nothing. No, it's it's punishing the offender rather than trying to you know attempt to make up for the crime that was committed. Sure. I mean, if uh, if a convicted murderer had to spend twenty five dollars or twenty five percent of their uh, paycheck to, you know, the, the victim's family. Then I think that it would be going, you know, they'd be doing what they could to, you know, make make folks whole. I mean, you would hope that that uh, that they would be, you know, have some level of remorse and they'd be reminded every single week when they had some of their pay taken away. Or maybe they're, you know, they're uh, there could be a role for insurance in that whole system, because like maybe you could get insurance in case someone does a crime to you that requires restitution and they can't restitute you, then you, your insurance, there is life insurance out out there. And, um, that Mm. would essentially pay out in the case of a murder. So, I mean, one can, but mostly life insurance is for people who have, who are married and have debt. Um, so, I mean, if you've got, you know, if you, you've got a family and you've got a mortgage, a good sized mortgage or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if your paycheck, the loss of your paycheck would be a, a burden on the family. That's why people generally have life insurance. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's why there are so many people in jail for victimless crimes, though, because the system that we have doesn't focus on the victim, on, you know, making the victim whole. It focuses on punishment. And, you know, there's a pretty good case to be made that punishment uh, doesn't necessarily prevent future crime and it doesn't do anything to, like, actually fix, you know, the problem that maybe led to that crime. Um, you know, there's sort of this Chinese proverb or whatever that I've seen that says uh, society prepares the criminal and the criminal carries out the crime or something like that. And 
I don't know. I, I, th- I think that to some extent that robs people of their decision making, but there's no doubt that people co- who come yeah. from adverse uh, situations are more likely to commit crimes. Yeah. I guess, um, you know, here's the question is if somebody's sentenced to die for, you know, b- to be executed and wants to be executed – do we want to give that person that <laughs> sentence? I mean, clearly this person <laughs> wants that sentence. Do yeah. we want to give that to them? Yeah, that's uh, an interesting question. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, this is one of the statements I've made all along is if you believe that, uh, you know, that, that execution, that the people, you know, go to their final judgment after they have been executed, uh, after they die, then why would you want to send someone to their final judgment more quickly? Um, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want them to suffer, chances are good. A uh, convicted murderer just has to go into death row, ask for his sins to be forgiven. He gets to go to heaven, right? So you're going to send him to heaven more quickly? Is that what you want to do? I mean, really, well, if you want to punish the person, <laughs> leave him in a jail cell. I don't believe in that. But what do you think? 855-450-FREE is our number, 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three here on Free Talk Live. More with your calls coming up. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you. And Mark. You can call us at 855-450-FREE if you want to bring up anything that's on your mind, anything kind of goes on Free Talk Live. And, you know, we have lots of great features available for you on the website, including the uh, Facebook page and the Twitter account. Uh, There's been some live tweeting of the Free Talk Live shows during the week. I haven't been doing it tonight, but maybe, I'm doing it. Maybe Mark. Oh, cool. Mark has been hooting. Hooting. Hoot sweet. <laughs> so if you want to hear what's been going on on the live show, uh, you know, add Facebook, uh, excuse me, add Free Talk Live on your Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can also go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up for all kinds of updates about the show. So if something uh, new is going on, if we had a new station or have something to announce, you'll be the first to know over at news.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, you probably want to get the name brands, and you want to get them at the best prices that you can. ManVentureOutpost.com is the place to go. Before you buy any knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, whatever it is you buy uh, for the outdoors enthusiast in your life or yourself, Make sure you check it out at manventureoutpost.com. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and you can get an additional 5% off their already really low prices, probably the lowest prices that you're going to be able to find from my experience, with coupon code FTL. It's coupon code FTL, manventureoutpost.com. Okay, to the phones we go. We're going to talk with Paul. <laughs> Paul in West Virginia. Paul, are you with us? Hello. Hey, Paul. Welcome hey, to Free Talk okay? Live. Yeah, sure. What's on your mind? Okay. I tried to call last night. No problem. Um, ah. Anyways, like, I've, never, I've only picked up your show a couple weeks ago, and I tell you, I've never heard anything like it, so good job. 
Thank you. I hope you're enjoying There's it. nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing like it. Um, maybe that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be too long-winded. I know you don't have forever. Um, the reason I was calling is it's actually two things that kind of coincide. The first thing was a, a military issue okay. um, about security on the military post in the United States uh, with military IDs. Okay. Um, and I tried to contact the proper authorities and, and you know, report stuff like that. Um, I was on active duty. And... Um, I actually couldn't get anywhere, so I went to the media. So this is the second part. Sorry about that. Oh, wow. Um, I contacted over 100 different outlets, including all the major networks and so on. Everyone I could think of. I had one contact from an executive producer from a major network. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks, this was going on two weeks before foot, the Fort Hood shooting. Oh. Um, she was in contact. She was dragging her heels. She was supposed to meet with me as an mm-hmm. investigative reporter. Yep. Um, and then we never met. The day of the shooting, she called me asked me if I knew anyone at Fort Hood, and then hung up on me, and she wouldn't contact me anymore. So two mm. parts. The first part, most important, is obviously the military security issue for troops here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second part that concerns me is the fact that the, uh, the media, and I'm sorry, you guys are part of the media, so I don't mean to, <laughs> to badmouth you guys either. We badmouth the media um, all the time, don't worry. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I hear a lot more every day. People turn off the news because of that. I, I feel They've that, lost uh, like something like 50% of their... Uh, viewership on average, like the major networks. Right. And, and I think a lot of it's due to um, the fact that they're being pushed to, to put whatever the greatest, latest hits out there and not focusing on the, the raw issues, you know, that mm-hmm. involve us every day. And this is, this is one good example. I mean, I, I should have gotten numerous responses to this issue. Um, so have you tried maybe starting a blog about it or blogging on other websites about it? I've, I've tried that. I've tried, um, Oh, wow. Again, like I said, I mean, over 100, I've talked, you know, wow. all the major networks, uh, NPR, BBC, I mean, you name it, I've, you know, Fox, I mean, whoever, I've, local, national, international, Washington Post, New York Times, I mean, everybody. Wow. Yeah, if you count, contacted 100 uh, different news sources, you're doing your work. Uh, there's no right. doubt about it. It, it. It's really difficult to get um, news stories seen these days. They, they've just got up such walls against getting uh you know news stories out there i you know yeah. i feel your frustration huh. right so mark do you have any suggestions for paul if i knew how to get news stories uh you know through the major media free talk live would be a lot more famous <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's it's, it's not easy yeah wow right. well paul good luck with that i mean i'm i guess i'm not surprised to hear what you've been going through but i still feel you know sad to hear that you can't get you know attention to what you want to bring up so um, take care. And what thanks. is before you go on? Uh, what is the security breach? I, I, you know, tell us it, what it well, is. It, it is it is a breach, um, and it, it has to do with uh, access to military IDs and gaining access to military posts. Okay. In the United States, and it's still there. So um, it's relatively easy to get uh, military IDs. Uh, it can be, yeah. Okay. Huh. So but yeah, that seems like a problem. <laughs> what do you uh, you know why why exactly is it so easy? Well, again, you know, I don't. Want have stuff thrown under the rug like they try to do when I report to the, the military. But um, again, I've tried to talk to investigative reporters, and that, I feel that's where I should talk. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, spe- spe- you know, specifically about that, so it gets to the proper people and gets out there instead of just. You know, yeah, so you okay, think it might compromise? Like, if you if you just said it on the air right now, then the wrong people, so called, would be more likely to hear it than somebody who might be able to fix the problem. That too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Paul, thank you for letting us know about that, and good luck again. I really appreciate your call. Let's go on to Don, listening in North Carolina. Don, are you with us? 
Hi. How are you doing? Hi. You w- wonderful. Yeah. Well, wow. loud and clear. What's on oh. your mind? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, we right here in Orange County, North Carolina, we're dealing we're dealing with a really very uh, tough problem with Ickley being, uh, you know, uh, pretty much in charge of our county. Our commissioner signed on to Ickley back in uh, 2007. Hickley? Yeah. What is Hickley? International International Council for Local Environmental... They wrote Agenda 21 for the U.N. Okay, I've heard of the, I've heard that uh, you know many uh, municipalities are picking up certain U.N. written laws and things like that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, let's be on that. They're after our water. They're doing everything. Agenda what are they going to do with your water? Down to the letter. What are they going to do with your water? Letter. Everything is total communist here. It, it's really bad. What are they doing with the water? Specifics? Huh? What are they doing with the uh, water? There, there, they, uh, there's a trail going from mountain to the sea that they call it, and it's instead of a straight line going across, they go deep down in and follow all of our aquifers and lakes and streams and everything, so they could claim all of this stuff to uh, control the so Who wants to it's control it exactly? Bad. Is it the UN or this Hickley organization? The UN. The UN. Yes. So the UN's got uh, your water? And what are they doing with it? I mean, isn't the water just rolling into the sea? No, they're carrying it. They don't have they're it. They're wetting it? They're I'm sorry, it. your phone's breaking up there. What What are they doing into the water? They're following all of our waterways and aquifers. Following them? trail. Instead of going straight across, dip down into a deep bay, I mean, 30 miles down and 30 miles up, uh, to acquire waterways. In this, okay, it's it, it's totally UN Agenda Twenty One. So they're tracking. Okay, I, so they're tracking I, the, uh, the waterways. I'm just kind of confused, yeah. Don. I want to understand this better. So they're they're they're, um, they're uh, using eminent domain to take control of properties along these waterways. Okay, eminent domain generally bad. I agree, and. Yeah. Uh, Don, th- thank you for the call. Okay. Um, this is Free Talk Live. We've got a lot more coming up for you here on the show tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 if you want to get in touch with us and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you joining us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Mark. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And Free Talk Live is uh, live every single night of the week, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. So you can get your fix of Free Talk Live every single day. And also, if you go to uh, freetalklive.com, I think Mark um, already mentioned this, but you can submit your own stories and sort of get them on the front page of our website. It's very interactive in that way. Um, 
But you can also find a lot of other cool features, like all the archives going back to 2006, available for you for free. Also, uh, Bitcoins, uh, they're the new internet currency. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world. There's no fees for doing it. You know, it costs a lot of money to send you know, it costs the fees are a great deal. Yeah, at least yeah. To send through these other services, Bitcoin it's a real advantage um, to not have any fees, and you know nobody has any uh, control over your account. If you've ever had any trouble with uh, any of these online payment uh, organizations, PayPal, and um, you know <laughs> yes. freezing your account. If PayPal has ever treated you like WikiLeaks. <laughs> I mean, you know, capriciously freezing your account and free- refusing to let you. I've never heard a business owner that says, money. "I love PayPal." Um, you know, yeah. I mean, you have to deal with them; they're ubiquitous. But bitcoins allow you to send and receive money, have complete control over your account. It's impossible for anybody to have control over your account. Um, we use Coins.org to find out more about bitcoins. Uh, I think that you know, I'm very excited about them. They seem to be uh, you know poised to move upward too. Lots of uh, uh, opportunity for growth there, as far as bitcoins go. It's WeUseCoins.org. And if you want to get some Bitcoins, go to BitInstant.com. They've got more than 700,000 locations worldwide that you can uh, you know, give cash there and get Bitcoins in your account. They'll be in your account before you get home. It's wow. BitInstant.com. Very exciting. And I heard that Bitcoins are hitting like $11 a piece or something like that. I got them right now at 11.29. Last price, no, oh, last price 10.70, high of 11.29. I'm sorry, reading these uh, Hot. Uh, you know, these, <laughs> these things are difficult. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk to Adam in North Dakota, uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Adam, are you with us? Yes, thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. Welcome to the show. Um, tell us what you're thinking about. Well, I was listening with great interest to the uh, part about the fairness in Olympics and other sporting events. I just wasn't near a telephone to comment. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I think is uh, completely lost, at least in the last few years, is we already have Special Olympics for people that aren't capable Mm -hmm. in in the the normal, quote-unquote, way. So why can't we have another class of competition sports that is all bets are off. You can do whatever you want. Hmm. And and I think the, the problem with the Olympics and the NCAA and every other professional sport is there are people that will cheat and intentionally cheat. And what we perhaps should do is specifically say, you can't do these things or you can do these things and be upfront about it instead of hmm. saying, well, it, this is fuzzy because... He needed these steroids to rehabilitate himself from whatever injury. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you had steroids at some point. You're you're, uh, you're excluded from competition. Period. There's no the, questions. No ifs, ands, or buts. A good example of this is the, uh, the, the I think believe it's the IBBF International Bodybuilding Federation versus mm-hmm. the Natural Bodybuilding uh, League. Yeah. Maybe uh, you know I don't have these. I may not have these names exactly right, but you know I believe IBBF is correct, and the Natural Bodybuilding would be the thing you'd search for. Mm-hmm. And these Natural Bodybuilding, they're tested and tested and tested and tested. You're a natural bodybuilder if you're competing in this. Mm-hmm. Now the big the big boys. The big the league is the IBBF. Why? Because people want to see big 
monstrous dudes with muscles popping out of everywhere. And monstrous women, too. Uh, yeah. that, that, too. Ripped. And essentially, I guess what they're saying when they have a nat- natural bodybuilding, because um, when you can see the natural bodybuilders, they just don't look like the they guys. They do. They, they look different. They yeah. look different. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess what they're saying is we're doping and we're trying not to get caught. <laughs> I guess that's what they're saying. I do like the idea, Adam, that you brought up of just being really upfront about it. And I think that some of the obscurity, I guess, that's found now in, in athletic competition about whether the players are like on steroids or whether they have those enhancements um, is because these things are often illegal. And so they can't really be honest about it and they can't be upfront. So I don't know. Do you think if, if it were not prohibited by law that people would that there would be a little more honesty in like what athletes are using i do think that whether it's you know upfront or not because uh, depending on who you talk to you can't actually be arrested for admitting drug use you have to actually be caught in the act or yeah. have evidence of it so i would say if if they're going to say these illegal drugs are accepted how do we know that they didn't use them in Denmark and come here? How do we know they didn't <laughs> use them in Mexico and come here? Because yeah. uh, you know, a lot of, of endurance athletes train in the high mountains in various countries because right. mm-hmm. lower oxygen, increased uh, red blood cell count. Yep. So why not go to another country, train for whatever sport, come back to the U.S.? And it's like I said, it's a matter of let them, let them do whatever they want but make it clear that you can or you can't. And I, I'd like to say more, but I'm sorry. I, I have to get going, and thank you. Okay, thank thank you, Adam. Yeah, it is a fine line, because, I mean, you can go up to Mount Everest and cycle up there and train up there in low oxygen, yep. which will cause your body to make erythropoietin, a hormone that increases the red blood cell count. And, and you can totally do that, but you cannot take synthetic erythropoietin which is the exact same thing and you know use that hormone to produce more red blood cells and uh, you know as i understand michael phelps has some kind of hyperbaric chamber or something that he sleeps in at night oh yeah and you know you've got to why is it okay i mean because this basically says wealthy athletes and sponsored athletes are the ones that are going to do better and they're going to have an advantage over the ones that don't if those things work i mean i'm actually really skeptical of a lot of those things well you you I, you have uh, voiced your skepticism here on the show but i you know i tell you what his coach firmly believes that thing works and uh, you yeah, know I one of the, the problems pot. with the uh, <laughs> I think it's a bong hits. No, <laughs> <laughs> one of these, uh, you know, this this guy who's the the cyclist there, the the famous cyclist with the cancer guy. I, I, I'm I'm so bad, Armstrong? so bad with the uh, the names and Livestrong, Mark. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and he he was supposedly putting extra red blood cells in himself in some way, shape, or form, and. Obviously, the guy won. His team won. I mean, there's that doesn't. You can draw conclusions between those two pieces of inf- information. I don't know. I mean, after I, he I had cancer know. too. I mean, like he did have what was it, testicular cancer? Mm-hmm. And you know, you could argue that those hormones are part of the treatment for that because cancer treatments kill off your red blood cells too and all your other blood cells. Mm-hmm. And so, wasn't there some confusion with that or something like that? I'm sure there was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is a fascinating subject, but I'd like to get to Jared. He's been waiting patiently on the amp lines. Jared, are you with us? Yes. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey, Mark. Um, hey. I was listening to your uh, post interview with Cal. Okay. So you're talking about the Edgington back. post. This uh, is Mark's, yes. Mark's uh, own. Post. He was the 
Oh, yeah. sorry, let, me, let me just give an explanation here real quick. I, I do another show. It's called The Edgington Post. You can get it at freetalklive.com. Scroll on the right-hand side of the page. Edgington Post is listed there. You can make sure you get it. Or our SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com slash freetalklive. Yep. Um, I found myself, this is the first one that you've done where I found myself yelling at the speaker, like, come on, Mark, don't let this guy talk all <laughs> over you. I mean, this guy, I mean, honestly, this guy's a nut because he wouldn't let you explain your point of view, and he would just ask questions for the sake of asking him to try to make you look stupid, which I think he failed at, but that seemed to be his point. He didn't give you time to respond to them, and it, okay, I don't so know, I, I... don't... I'm sorry. Jared, I didn't hear the the interview yet because I've been working out some issues. I'm I'm going to listen to it now because this is great publicity. But I heard that, you know, Ian basically said he walked in on the interview and that Mark was screaming into the microphone and so it sounds like it was really heated. So but but you you basically thought that this guy made kind of a, a fool of himself by asking certain questions and taking a certain tact. Uh, I want to, I'd like to talk about it a little more. I would too. I'd love to talk more. Hold on the line if you would, please, Jared. Uh, more coming up. More coming up here on Free Talk Live. We're going to talk about more voting and the Edgington Post and whatever's on your mind. 855-453. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You are uh, listening to the Live Sunday edition with Stephanie and Mark. 855-450-FREE is our number. That's 855-450-FREE, the number where you can call, get in touch with us, and bring up anything that's on your mind. Right now, we're talking about Mark's sort of a side project, right? His solo work. Yeah, uh, the Edgington Post. Post. Uh, yeah. Very fond of that. Yeah, it's an interview program that I do, and it has, uh, you know, I do, a, mostly I interview people that, you know, I'm excited to talk to, talk about, uh, talk to and talk about, um, you know, different libertarian luminaries. I also slip in the uh, the advertiser interviews so that, uh, you know, I can talk to people about their products for a longer period of time. Many people really enjoy this. If you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. Um, but, I mean, you know, the advertisers like it. Many listeners like it. So I let them do that. Every once in a while, there'll be a situation where, you know, a debate comes up. And, you know, this in this circumstance, a gentleman named Cal Molinay, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he posted on Free Talk Live's wall that uh, voting was evil and immoral and something else. You said during the break that this was like waving the red flag in front of the ball. Really, you know, I mean, this is for me, it is a, a hot button issue. I think that it is just silly to say that uh, voting is immoral. There's all kinds of great arguments against voting if one wants to make those arguments, and I won't disagree with them. Mm -hmm. But when you start calling it immoral, suddenly, you know... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if people are particularly likely to, you know, be open to hearing what you have to say if you start off by calling them immoral. I mean, it's almost like a... It kind of just sets them up to be on the defensive and just react to what you're saying with, well, no, of course I'm not immoral. Hey, I'm I'm not going to listen to anything you say now, but... Let's bring Jared back on the line. Jared's been with us. Uh, Jared, are you here? Yep. 
Okay, great. So go on with what you were saying before we uh, came up on the break about this interview. Well, it sounded like Cal was more interested in grandstanding than he was in actually talking about it. And whenever he would ask Mark a question, by the time Mark got out a half a sentence, the guy already had about five condescending more questions out there. I would equate it to when people call and they bash the Free State Project. Oh, that's not going to work. My idea is, is better. And he just simply ignored any of the valid points that Mark had. And I would say most of his points were completely valid. Hmm. Yeah, you know. So maybe that's some feedback for him about that interview. Well, one of yeah, indeed, uh, one of the the systems, depending on you know the the types of people that you've got on the phone or you're doing the debate with, is you know the give them a rope, give them some rope uh, system. And uh, you know, I didn't enough to hang them. I didn't with? have any so problem with uh, with Cal, you know, going on because I didn't feel like he was really addressing the core issue of is voting immoral. He was... No, he would just laugh. Uh, yeah, he was saying things like the democratic process allowing uh, you know people's rights to be taken away is immoral. And I don't disagree with that statement. I think that you know if, if one wants to make the argument that uh, voting for Hitler is immoral, I think that there's some validity behind that particular argument. And that you, know, you might even be able to make that argument and apply that to... The, the the most liberty oriented candidate that uh, we've seen in um, on a, a national level, Ron Paul. I mean, uh, you know, he's not he's not a perfect candidate, so you can't vote for a perfect person. But I think that just to to make the blanket statement that voting is immoral kind of X's out the the situation where you know you're voting for or against uh, some particular piece it of does uh, X it out. Yeah, onerous legislation. He he tried to make the point that basically by you voting, you're contributing to the system. And for a minute, it got into a New Hampshire versus Virginia kind of thing. Yeah. From a very anecdotal point of view, I lived in Virginia before. You know, prior, and I can tell you, yeah, they have two things going for them where you guys don't. One, you can still smoke in a restaurant and a bar, and mm-hmm. two, you can open carry a pistol inside a vehicle without a uh, license. Those are pretty much the only two differences. I would say New Hampshire overall is much mm-hmm. better than any of the other 40, 49 states. But here's another point that completely destroys what Cal was saying. There was a man, Daniel Milan was his name. He was the prime minister of South Africa in 1954. He instituted what was pretty much known as the second phase of uh, apartheid. And blacks could not vote. Coloreds could not vote. Mm. Only whites could vote. Now, they were all shuffled out into these townships, and, you know, they lived, they treated them like crap. But uh, Mm. they couldn't vote. So how did they gain any freedom by not voting? The system went on to oppress them, whether they voted, which they could not, or if they didn't vote, which they obviously could not. So Mm. his point is completely flawed because that's a perfect that's a perfect viewpoint. Well, they weren't choosing not to vote, though. I mean, they were prohibited from voting. Would you say that the white people participating in that system? Like, what do you think about what what they did? You know, their choice to participate. I would tend to side with Mark. I mean, I don't think, uh, I think it's a lot more of a complicated issue than, you mm-hmm. know, how the media tried to slice it and dice it up in the 19 and the 1980s. But um, I would definitely say that the act of not voting didn't change anything. And the right. only thing that brought down the apartheid system was not by voting. It was pretty much by outside pressure. International I mean, pressure. Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola pulled out. That's when they finally realized Coke isn't even selling soda here anymore. <laughs> That's when they, I mean, they couldn't partake in the Olympics. They couldn't do anything. So they were pretty much shunned by the whole world. 
Yeah, you know, if I the mean, white so, if if know. a white person um, in that circumstance wanted to vote for candidates that they thought would be more likely to return a vote to black people or treat black people better in um, South Africa, I don't see anything wrong with somebody making an attempt to making the world better through voting. I feel kind of doubtful that that would ever happen, though. Like so? when I when I hear about that situation. Um, I doubt that there could be any meaningful change in a, in the political system. Because, I don't disagree. Because I, they're the ones who stopped the blacks from having any rights in the first place. So it, it, Voting is just another form of pressure. So well, I mean, Just for the record, on South Africa, I've been there before. I can tell you, um, pretty much nobody has, has rights. They didn't exactly take mm. the libertarian approach. Yeah. They just pretty much instituted violence against you know every everybody i mean it's yeah they're better off as a whole but i mean there's still a lot of problems there but he but back to cal he completely ignored new hampshire like i believe mark brought up the point that they reduced the budget by 12 percent that's huge compared to what anyone else is doing and his only response was to laugh and go well evil is still evil well i mean he lives in a fantasy land. I mean, I wish him luck with this project, but uh, it ain't going to go anywhere because politicians don't care about people who don't vote. Uh, I think they don't. Uh- I, I, yeah, you know, I want I, him to work hard for his project because I want him to understand just how difficult this is. Because what his solution really seemed to be is let's everybody stop voting. And if you want everybody to do something, you're bound to fail. There have been many elections where you're talking about a dozen. I mean, the, the government bureaucrats, they're going to go out and vote and they're going to institute the government that they want in the process. And I, exactly. I think I and think the, like, at it, oh, well, I think the real change comes from like people's attitudes and people's ideas and so that's why personally i choose to do things like be on free talk live and and have my own radio show and i you know i think there is a personal cost to voting honestly i think that personal cost because i I, you know i want to hear your opinion on this one well for me like i choose not to participate in it i have in the past i've been involved in the political system it was extremely frustrating it took up a lot of my time I, i spent a lot of time not only like kind of like informing myself about issues, but like also learning the players, like learning the yeah, politicians. You've got, to, and... you've got to be well, well informed if you really want to have an effect. And getting involved in your local party, whether it's Democrat or Republican, is probably going to be the most effective thing you can do from a political standpoint. Right. But I it's costly. I don't know the mm-hmm. perfect answer, and there really isn't one. But here's a, here's a perfect example that puts it to light. I would say the largest single-issue voting bloc are members of the National Rifle Association. Mm. Now, there are a lot of politicians who are anti-gun, some that are even pro-gun, that are afraid of the influence that their members have. Now, imagine if they all decided, hey, I'm not going to vote, I'm going to take, I'm going to step out of it. They wouldn't have any any teeth. Guns would have been banned in the U.S. back in the 1970s, probably. And, you know, I think that this is a very, very relevant point is that. Jared, thanks for the call. Appreciate your thoughts. You know, when you talk about the ideas of liberty in front of some people, they can get very animated. It's a threat to them. It's a threat to the political system as they see it. Oh, it's terrible. You know, your libertarian ideas are bad and evil and wrong. And then you say, oh, but I'm um, philosophically against voting. Suddenly they don't give a flying flip at a rolling donut what you've got to say. Oh, well, then that's fine. They don't care because you're stepped out of their realm of influence. They they know that they're going to be able to do whatever they want and somebody's not going to vote against them. So, you know, I've seen this happen before. Yeah, I guess it's a fair point. I mean, if one doesn't want to vote, 
I don't have a problem with it. You know, I mean, I think the highest cost to voting for me is, look, people know you, people know information about you. You're putting your information oh, yeah. out there. And, uh, you know, who I f- wants I that? I felt icky. Like, even when I was participating actively in the political system, I felt icky every time I voted. And I couldn't get rid of that. You know, I'd want to go home and just say, like, well, that felt like it was a huge waste of time. And I want to take a shower now. <laughs> just didn't. It wasn't it wasn't working out. Yeah. I like to, you know, if, if I don't if there's a I don't I won't vote for a candidate unless I think it's a good idea. Um, but I do see something to the idea that you're participating in a system that you disagree with. And then maybe the best way to change that system is to just withdraw your moral support. But I wouldn't call it like, oh, if you vote, you're immoral. You know, I don't think that's very helpful. It's Free Talk Live 855-450-FREE. There's more coming up on Hour 3. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And we're glad you've joined us this evening. Want to give out the phone number in case you want want to get in touch with us tonight. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And if you're looking for a quick, easy way to help out Free Talk Live that has no cost to you, all you have to do is go to shop.freetalklive.com and you can find out how to enter Amazon through Free Talk Live's referral link so that they will get a small uh, referral fee from anything that you buy. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just um, a quick Maybe way to an say, extra moment on the internet. It, yes, it costs you maybe a few seconds. I, nothing is free, right, Mark? But That's right. it's a minuscule cost and uh, it won't uh, increase the price that you pay in dollars for the things that you already buy, maybe on Amazon.com, your your regular groceries. So it uh, doesn't doesn't hurt to check it out at shop.freetalklive.com. Um, now, Mark, I, I wanted to talk to you about these unemployment statistics, because um, I think that's really interesting. You brought in an article about those. But real quick first, we you know, we spent a good portion of the show talking about sort of like the concept of doping and um, Olympic athletes and what is fair in this realm. And I just wanted to read this interesting little article from Reuters. I kind of saw it out the corner of my eye uh, during the break. It says, Ancient Dopers Got Their Kicks from Raw Testicles by Kate Kelland. Um, Forget anabolic steroids and easy-to-swallow tablets or EPO in clean syringes. Ancient Olympic dopers got their pregame hormone boost from chewing on raw animal testicles. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I've heard of Rocky Mountain oysters, which I guess are goat testicles. I think those are from a bull. Okay. Um, yeah, but maybe maybe that's the same term is used for goat. I don't, I'm not sure. But so they say the problem of some Olympic competitors taking potions, medicines, and supplements to boost performance is as old as the games themselves. This is not a new thing. People have been doing this for a long time. I think it's just technology is getting better. So they say over at Reuters that. Even athletes of the 19th century thought nothing of fortifying themselves with coca leaves, cocaine, and alcohol. 
I would imagine, I mean, I've certainly Cocoa used... leaves probably help you run faster. Yeah, well, I've, I've certainly <laughs> used different types of stimul- stimulants. I'm very sensitive to caffeine mm-hmm. uh, before different oh, workouts, yes. yeah. um, you know, in order to give me more energy. I don't think it's very effective. Yohimbi. But, uh, <laughs> I have used Yohimbi, and that was a heck of a night. <laughs> uh, Thomas Hicks won the 1904 Olympic marathon with the help of raw egg, strychnine, and shots of brandy. Strychnine, huh? Yeah, I thought that was a poison. Um, given to him at regular intervals by his attentive coach. Doping has always been part of the Olympics, but drugs have not always been seen as a problem. They have become a problem. Martin Poli, an Olympic historian. Probably more effective. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. They're getting more effective. Technology is getting more advanced. So this is said by an Olympic historian. The, the subheader here is tonics, tinctures, and testicles. Experts say what drove people to extremes then is probably similar to what drives athletes to dope now. After all, the desire to win by any means must have been strong to induce athletes to eat raw testicles. Although, as Polly points out, it was probably seen as a sign of masculinity. Yeah, just take uh, male genitalia into your mouth. That's a sign of masculinity. Well, okay, so, I mean, you know. It's like Stephen no... Colbert. The best way to cure the gay is, he says the best way to cure the gay is to get down on your knees, take a swig of wine, and take the body of a man into your mouth. <laughs> Making fun of the uh, the, 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 the sacrament, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's this essence belief in humans, and, um, you know, no doubt the, you know, the, the belief that uh, consuming something that is very, um, you know, that's full of uh, male essence, like a bull. Uh, what's more bullish about than a bull than his testicles? Uh, well, you know, consume that. I mean, it's all you have to do is been seen a bull up close, and if that wasn't enough for you to think that that was virile and male, then just have one chasing you, and then you'll, you know, you'll get that feeling. <laughs> well, uh, and there is probably a high concentration of testosterone and um, androgenic steroids in there. Yeah, I don't know whether it's effective in doing anything. I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I think... I think if you consume Rocky Mountain oysters, that it can be shown that there's an increase in your blood testosterone. Okay. Yeah. Take your word for it. So anyway, I mean, I just, the the article kind of goes on and it's very interesting, but I just wanted to make the point that this is not really a new problem. I think it, I think people tend to view it as a new problem because the technology is changing and getting better, but people have been doping forever as long as they've been playing sports. So, um, you want to talk about the unemployment numbers? Sure. Um, so... I guess to me, uh, what's included in this story, and this is uh, it's from a newsletter, Profit Confidential. Here, um, one of the you know one of my friends gets it, and he uh, outlined a, a little bit here. And you know what's what bothers me is the government is is taking government numbers. Um, you know, sort of. I, I guess I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe when the government says that the unemployment number is eight point three that that's what the unemployment number is. I believe that the employment the, the the employment number is significantly more important than the unemployment number because I guess it's harder for them to lie about that. But you never get to hear the employment number. They don't mention that on TV because <laughs> when they say unemployment, they do is, talk about job creation, don't they? They do. I but, mean, I don't know if I believe those. Confusing. I'm just saying, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's this many created, this many destroyed, whatever. I don't know, but you know, the simple the simple number is. of Americans don't have jobs when that's the unemployment number. That's dead wrong. It's absolute crap. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't count people who've gone back to school in order to get, uh, you know, to be better in the or workplace. Or stopped looking for jobs. Stop looking for jobs who are at the so end of their, uh, you know, their their numbers as far as unemployment go. Yeah. All kinds of numbers. The Let me read this here. The most startling number in the report. 
We received this morning from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is something the media is not focusing on because the media is full of liars. I mean, well, they also have an incentive um, to like keep in the good graces of the government. Why wouldn't they just report a simple number like employment? The, the, the government's giving them that number. They want to focus on unemployment and unemployment's a big fat lie number. So do you uh, think they might feel responsible? Like if they say that there's high unemployment, then they could be causing like more instability in the market or whatever. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think of their incentives. So the employment number is the lowest it's been since December of 1981. It's the second lowest it's ever been now um, at 63.6%. This is employment. Employment number. And I believe that – let me me read the whole thing here. The labor participation rate measures all people – in the working age populations from 16 to 64 who are actually employed. So this isn't numbers of, uh, you know, this isn't five-year-olds and 85-year-olds, 16 to 64. Mm -hmm. In April, this rate fell to its lowest level since December 1981 at 63.6%. This is a reflection of fewer and fewer people participating in the labor force because there are no jobs to be had. In May and June, this measure steadily um, held steady at uh, 60 63.8, but in July it fell slightly to 63.7 and is dangerously close to challenging its uh, record worst levels. Oh, maybe the lowest level was December at 63.6, and we are at 63.7. Excuse me. So we are at one-tenth of one (laughs) percent away from the lowest, uh, you know. This is it. I mean, this this is what the depression looks like in the new millennium. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. And I hate that the government's lying about the numbers because they're just, you know, they're feeding us this. (laughs) Nobody believes it. Don't you think that? I mean, I know you said that the media is reporting these these numbers very faithfully, like this is the real truth. But I've seen a lot of people, even people that I would consider like mainstream media, just really questioning those numbers. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the sources I pay attention to. Right. I, I wouldn't doubt that there's there there are lots of people. But this is this is how you lose credibility. Mainstream media. Well, this yeah. is what happens. They wonder when why you continue 50% to parrot these lies. You know, just because everybody else is saying the unemployment rate doesn't mean that you have to say what the unemployment rate is. You can tell people what the employment rate is. Every once in a while, this trickles out in the news. I mean, you'll see the the rate out there, and I've seen different different numbers, but. I mean, inflation is another thing where they do the same thing. Like they're saying it's, you know, some number of percent, but nobody really believes that. Right. They'll report the uh, the consumer price index or whatever it is. And the consumer price index takes out housing, fuel and food. Now, when you feel inflation, you feel it in these three areas. Oh, yeah. And it's weighted by like electronics and stuff, which are getting less expensive. And so that skews the numbers as well. Plastic crap you buy at, uh, you know, big box stores is what the consumer price index is about. And there's no doubt those things make our lives better. I'm not going to say that they don't. But you can't eat them. Right. (laughs) And you can't (laughs) put them in your car. But you, you know, you need fuel to get to work. You need food in order to live. You need shelter. These are the things that I want to know about. Exactly. Well, if you know something that we don't know, you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. We'll have more about unemployment coming up. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. 
It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you. And Mark. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And if you like Free Talk Live, there's a really easy way to support the show at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And if you give uh, $3 a month to Free Talk Live, you'll not only uh, be able to help the show and support it for a really affordable rate, but you'll also get some perks like the AMP-only podcast with no commercials in it. As a little thank you to uh, to the listeners for supporting. Yeah, there's a few others, but uh, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. So Free Talk Live, we have teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some really great rates on gold and silver. If you're looking to, you know, get some precious metals, it looks like there might be a rally on the horizon. That's just my guess. I may or may not be right. Many people get uh, precious metals for lots of different reasons. Diversify their portfolio, a hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency, whatever your reason might be. You can get some really great rates at gold.freetalklive.com. You can compare some shop there. We've got the, the coins right on the Internet. You can take a look at the prices. Um, and when you, you know, when you buy gold there, you're helping Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. And you can get Mises pieces there too, right? That's right. Ludwig von Mises silver rounds or pieces. <laughs> you get, therefore, Mises pieces. All right. Well, we've got a number of other things that we wanted to get to tonight, Mark. I want to talk about Walmart sex. But first, before we do that, uh, you had a piece Ugh. about... <laughs> we'll find out what that's all about coming up here in a moment. But first, I wanted to talk about people... Um, you have basically like an expat Hall of Fame um, article. Yeah, this is from finance.yahoo.com. And it's. Uh, I thought this was really interesting. Yeah, a lot of people are giving up U.S. citizen right now. And most of those people are wealthy. And mostly the reason they're giving them up is international banking laws. Uh, you know, the United States has passed laws on other countries doing business with Americans outside of the United States, basically reporting rules and stuff like that, mm-hmm. making it so that you can the days of hiding your money in a Swiss bank account are totally gone because they've got pretty the Swiss, much Swiss banks in their pocket. It's it's much more difficult. And they basically they're telling other countries, banks, how they've got to do business outside of the United States. Yeah. And, you know, to me, it, it, it just goes to show that, you know, citizenship is the new slavery. Um, it's, you know, it's totally a government claiming to own you. And it's like, did you ever have the experience when you were like, you know, maybe a young kid and like you go to your friend's house and their rules are different than than your parents. And so you're like, Ooh, I want to do the thing that my parents won't let me do. And then like somehow your parents find out about it and they're like, Whoa, you can't do that just because you're at your friend's house. You're grounded or whatever. I mean, that's what it reminds me of. And there are so many parallels, you know, between the family and the state. There's a lot of argument (laughs) to be had that parents own children. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a statement there. I think it's a, it's a coarse way to, uh, to define a relationship. At At least you can kind of escape once you get old enough when you're a kid. If you, yep. if you want to, like if you don't like your parents or whatever, but you can never really escape from the state. And that's part of what makes it so um, uh, insidious and so terrible because you don't have a choice in that matter. And um, yeah, it, it's so overreaching. You know, when you said that thing about um, uh, we were talking about the U.S. like dictating to banks in other countries, like how they can do business and the reporting requirements, they've also extradited people like there there was a case where. A British teen was like extradited to the U.S. or something because 
he was violating the yeah. Digital Millennium Copyright Act or something on his blog. I mean, it's just madness. It's so overreaching. And I think if other countries tried to do that in within the U.S., like I don't know if the U.S. would government would necessarily um, recognize that as val- valid. Yeah. But the they United expect- States government acts like it's the biggest kid on the block. Yep. And, um, you know, that biggest kid acting like he's the biggest kid is often called the bully. Now, I, yeah. you know, I think the United States is probably a better empire than many empires that have uh, existed in the past. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, but to me, it's absolutely despicable that the way they treat their citizens. I think there are two countries on the planet that claim the the fruit of your labor when you leave their borders i've heard different ones but i know the united states is one of them i'd have to do a so somebody somebody will chime in and tell me what the other one is but i've heard north korea and then i, france? I hear that it's, it's no it's not uh, it's not france but at least that's not the ones i've heard yeah. but if my wife and i were to take my son uh, to germany say we decided switzerland is the called switzerland switzerland's the way to go it's the freest place on the uh, the planet that's where we're going to go and uh, we're going to raise our son there at 4 years old this kid who would likely be speaking German before the you know the year was out yep. uh, because that's how fluid kids, kids can be with language, yeah. and um, you know he'll he'll be speaking German he'll grow up speaking German he'll you know be, consider himself to be Swiss even though he'll be an American citizen when he gets to be eighteen years old and goes gets his first job the United States government well. I think you have to make more than $80,000 a year. But if it's the, you know, the family unit or whatever, the United States government believes if, if they say it's $80,000 a year, then they could call it $20,000 a year. They're oh, going to sure. claim the fruits of his labor if he is industrious enough. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous. I mean, a person who, you know, isn't in the country. Why in the world should the government claim the fruit of their labor? I mean, you can make the argument, well, you're here in the country. you got to support the troops that are defending you, and you got the, the roads and the, the political system <laughs> and all that stuff. Well, yeah, well, I'm living in some other country. I'm paying their taxes, and then the United States government wants some on top of that. And there are a lot of people who live in the U.S. and use those things but don't pay taxes. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all you have to do is take a look. And 40%, taxes. something like that? I, I have a difficult time with that number. Um, what's I say good for them. Like, I'm happy for them if they can somehow avoid it. You know, well, most of the they're just not making much. Mostly yep. uh, the, the income taxes are paid by people in the top two uh, qu- qu- quartiles. No, nah, the quintiles. Quintiles. That's quintiles. the term. Top two quintiles. Um, so, so, yeah. Oh, the well, bottom, the top 40 percent. And then the, the vast majority is paid by the top 20 percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is a list of people who've decided, you know what? This whole America thing isn't really working out for me anymore. Um, the latest list of renouncers is out. One is a buyout specialist at the Carlyle Group. Another, a private equity executive at J.P. Morgan Chase. There's also a big law partner, an international socialite, an Israeli Supreme Court justice, and a London-based artist. Each one recently renounced their U.S. citizenship and turned in a long-held or turned in a long-held green card conferring permanent resident status in their U.S. Uh, in the U.S. Their names appeared mm-hmm. in a quarterly list published by Friday by the Treasury Department. So these are trendsetters. You know, these are people who are movers and shakers. I just wonder about, you know, I mean, here, here you've got uh, executives at J.P. Morgan, the Carlisle well, Group. And I, I mean, people so who know f- stuff about money. Yeah, and I find I agree. That's interesting. And I find it really funny because the big banks like J.P. Morgan and probably Carlisle Group, too, they get tons of privileges from the state. I mean, there are like lots of advantages that are conferred um, by being the first ones to touch the new money, sure. basically, and getting bailouts, you know, when they need them, so-called, because they're too big to fail. 
Well, just because you give up your U.S. citizenship doesn't mean you can't stay in the country. Sometimes they do refuse to, but but often they'll be in satellite offices, say in Hong Kong or something like yeah. that. So if you're in you know in a foreign country working for a United as a United States citizen and working in a foreign country, and you say you know what things aren't so bad here. This is a lot like civilization. I'll just never go back to the United States. What do I care? Sure. Because the United States will only not allow you to come back if they believe that you've given up your citizenship for financial for, for tax reasons. I was about to ask about that because so they do have some policy related to that. And it came up because who was it? Ed, Eduardo Severin. Severin, yeah. Severin, yeah. The co-founder of Facebook, you know, recently did that before Facebook went public with their right. IPO. And they're angry because, uh, you know, it was, obvi- it was obvious that he did it for tax reasons. But a lot of people probably do it for tax reasons and then just state some other reason. And yeah. for whatever reason, they're not on anybody's radar. So they don't, you know, they don't get the, the punishment. Yeah, completely arbitrary. Call us with your thoughts on this issue. Do you want to expatriate from the U.S.? Maybe you have. It's Free Talk Live, 855-453. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. Stephanie here with you. And Mark. We'd love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. We've been talking about expatriation, giving up your U.S. citizenship to kind of reduce the amount of uh, tax tribute that's taken from you by force. <laughs> and uh, Or, you know, maybe ostensibly for different reasons, but really that's what's going on. Um, I think it's an interesting topic. And I also want to talk about Walmart sex, but there's more on this expatriation thing first, isn't there, Mark? Uh, first, let me tell you about SACL CAI. They sponsor our phone lines. And, uh, you know, Jason Osborne, the one of the principals over there at SACL CAI, is a great guy. He's a big supporter of Liberty. And so if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI is a place to check out. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Good folks over there at SACL CAI. So, yeah, this article here from uh, finance.yahoo.com, written actually by Laura Saunders, and it's, you know, listing, I guess, the 180 people who have, uh, 189 people who have renounced their U.S. citizenship in the last quarter. They're suggesting that there actually may be more coming. Let me read this part here. The list contains 189 names, far fewer than other recent lists. Some experts speculate the number dropped because many Americans, because the number had been going up steadily and uh, this quarter wasn't very big comparatively, who plan to expatriate while tax rates were both low and um, certain have uh, certainly have already done so because there's a six-month delay between renunciation and publication in the Treasury list. Other experts expect a large surge later this year. I guess there's supposed mm. to be some um, new tax ru- new rules that are going in. Uh, the first list revealed for 2012 revealed renunciation by, of course, uh, Facebook co-founder Eduardo Severin and by um, Denise Rich, the ex-wife of commodities trader Mark Rich. Severin now lives mm. in Singapore and Rich is a citizen of Austria, uh, according to their spokespeople. 
And Interesting. Yeah. So we don't know who's coming on this list, but it's well, like some names here. But, you know, I, I mean, mean, in the next one, that's oh, both, in the next one, because no. there's a six month uh, delay or whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's that's very interesting. You would think there's this, that there's this thing going on in the world right now or in the United States where those f- big companies are keeping money abroad. And mm-hmm. so the politicians are trying to tighten the noose um, on tax dollars. I mean, you know, they're. <laughs> But the feedback that they're getting is that some of the biggest, you know, the most productive cattle, you know, the tax, the ones yeah. that are tax farmed or um, considered their most productive livestock are leaving. And so you would think that by publishing this, maybe it would send a signal to the people who are making these policies that like, hey, you're driving people out. This is what it really comes down to. I mean, take a look at the Channel Islands. The Channel Islands are basically a place where rich uh, European or Europeans go in order to avoid taxes. They become citizens of these this tiny little clod of dirt in the middle of the English Channel um, that uh, you know has lower taxes. This is something that can be provided by these little nations. You know, they have nothing else. I mean, they're not, um, you know, they don't have a lot of resources so they're they provide low tax shelters it just goes to show in this shrinking world where you can get on a plane and be around the world in you know a few short hours that you can't just tax people any old way you want and that they're going to put up with it because they're not wealthy people can you know do business online i could do my business from anywhere i'm not a wealthy person um you know for me mm-hmm. the united states is probably the best place to make money but you but know. it's so cool that those opportunities have opened up to be global about your business sure. um, through the use of technology. I, I really appreciate that because I'd like to take advantage of that, too. Right. I think that, you know, what governments are hopefully going to come to a conclusion that we just need to provide, you know, just charge for the services that we provide. And, you know, if, if they would allow competition in those areas, then you'd find better, produ- you know, uh, you know, better services that people would provide. I just, you know, governments are so inefficient at what they do. And then they demand they your money the power too. I mean, yeah. the people in them. Really love the power. I mean, it really shows the way the United States demands tax dollars from people that don't even live in the country, and that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bold, isn't it? it? It really is. I mean, you know, if I've lived over it, you know, my whole life in Europe, and I've ma- managed to get successful. Well, let's not use Europe as an example, then. Um, you know, but you know, some place in the world where I've managed to make more than eighty thousand dollars a year, the United States government believes that it can take. It should be able to take a percentage of what I make just because they I was born here or I was born someplace that they claim me as a citizen. I mean, you can actually have been born in a foreign land, like, say, on a military base or something like that. Mm -hmm. You're a U.S. citizen as far as they're concerned, and they're going to demand money from you. Yeah. I mean, you know, how how far are we from them sending out armed IRS agents to go disappear these people and bring them back to the United States? I mean, I think that largely if you're in a foreign country and you don't come back to the United States, you act like a foreigner and you just don't come to the United States, then you won't be a problem. But if you want to... Or if you don't make enough money for them to care. Well, you know, the, the people that don't make enough money isn't that, you know, that's just that, that they don't uh, show up on their radar. But, you know, I don't see any reason why a United States citizen shouldn't be allowed to be successful in some foreign country. Yep. So, um, you know, they just... <laughs> I wonder if the phenomenon, you know, there was like... There are a lot of people who complain, like maybe the anti-illegal immigrant people who claim like, oh, you know, these women are coming across the border illegally and then having babies and, you know, and then the baby gets U.S. citizenship. I wonder if that's going to slow down or stop because nobody wants to be one anymore. I think that, you know, the the uh, I think the United States and his empire in decline. And when you're looking at Mexico and people, you know, south of the border, Guatemala, Nicaragua, places like that, they're so desperately poor that. 
even an empire in decline looks pretty good. But there are places, I mean, I've heard financial experts like Doug Casey suggest that, you know, the place for young men to be right now is in Southeast Asia. Um, you know, mm, I, yeah, I've heard that, too. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm no expert in this particular area, but that's what the claim is. And he lives in Argentina, doesn't he? On a ranch, private ranch, intentional community kind of thing. There's an intentional community there. Yeah. I don't know how much time he spends actually at La Estancia. I think it is what it is Estancia, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think for to some like, I don't know. Tell me what you think of this. Personally, I believe that there are a lot of people who are kind of famous or well-known expats, like in libertarian circles, who uh, I think it's like a case of the grass is greener. You know, like you can go down to South America and try to live free, but there's going to be problems with oh, it. Sure. There are going to be things that you don't like. And I've read articles from people who have actually done this and said, yeah, I'm not too happy with it. And here's why. Uh, because one, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb if you're a white person living amongst a lot of, you know, native people in South mm-hmm. America. Um, there's There are other problems, like you can't get access to certain products, just cultural differences. I just wonder what the, the internet connectivity barriers. is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I mean, I've got my particular brands of food that I want to eat, and, you know, how hard is it, or easy is it to get those things? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I It's I always, it's a trade-off. You know, it's it's trade-offs between a lot of different things, and honestly, I've, I'm pretty happy living here in New Hampshire, even though I don't like the U.S. government. I don't know if I'm I'm at the point where I'd like to swap it for a different government. Would you not move convinced. if you if there was some place in the United States that you could move? Would mm-hmm. you um, that you would see a market increase in your free in your level of freedom? Would you move there? Yeah, but it would have to be a big enough increase that it was you know it made up for me spending the time and expense to move. Yeah, and there is a lot of expense to moving and this is one of the th- you know owning a home is was you know practically a religious act 5 years ago like sure. everybody had to do it. Um so I mean picking up and moving can be much more difficult. You know, if we all lived in RVs, you just you know you just drive yeah. away to wherever you want to go. Um The cost for me to move to New Hampshire was very low because it was at an extremely convenient time. I had just graduated undergrad. So it was like, the world is my oyster. I can do whatever I want. So I moved to New Hampshire and it wasn't a big deal. And I was only moving from Massachusetts. So it was really close. And Most of your stuff would fit in a foot locker, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I didn't have very much. So So I can understand when people say that there is a a huge cost to to relocating and it better damn well be worth it, essentially. Absolutely. So people move, really relate to that. people move for college. They move for that first new job. Sometimes they will move for work. They're in a line of work where uh, sometimes their work to move. pays at least some of the costs for yep. relocating too. And people will sometimes move at retirement. And that's pretty much where you've got your your moves. Um, that's one of the reasons that free staters tend to kind of stick out here is because people ask, so what'd you move to? Why'd you move from Florida to New Hampshire? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, you can either say, oh, the good weather. People are like. Pfft. You know, like it just doesn't. There's no good answer. If you didn't move for a for a, a a spouse or a mate or a job, it just doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, coming up here, we're going to talk about Walmart sex. Unless yeah. you call and preempt us at eight five five four fifty three. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. 
Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are starting off the last segment of tonight's show, so there's still time for your calls, but you got to make them quick at 855-450-FREE. I think they just want to hear us talk about Walmart sex, Mark. Don't you think? Mm, Mark I, does not want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it brings up an interesting property rights issue, so we can we can relate this back to liberty. Good. <laughs> so, are you ready to discuss this, Mark? Yes, absolutely. Okay. There's nobody. Believe me, people out there want to hear you talk in your voice about sex. Go ahead. I don't know if they'll want to hear this. <laughs> this is rather <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> um, so, the headline is Kansas couple arrested for Walmart sex. Pair swiped KY jelly, got busy in front of shoppers. And it's from thesmokinggun.com. Okay. <laughs> August 1st, a pair of frisky Kansans are pa- facing criminal charges after they allegedly swiped some KY jelly from a Walmart and actually began trysting inside the big box retailer cops report. And by the way, the comments on this are hilarious. Uh, somebody <laughs> said, you shouldn't call that lady names. Big box retailer is just cruel. <laughs> the uh, eight... X-rated encounter. Think she was retailing. <laughs> I don't think so. I think there were a couple. Um, the X-rated encounter Sunday evening resulted in the arrest of these people. I don't need to say their names, but the a man who's 22, a woman is 35, on theft and lewd and lascivious behavior charges. Uh, according to the police department, um, then they show their mugshot, mugshots. Witnesses told officers that the couple was openly fondling each other in full view of fellow Walmart shoppers, which resulted in the lewd and lascivious charges. Additionally, they were accused of shoplifting the sexual lubricant and other items. Well, they could have paid for it. on the, They hadn't left the store yet. That seems like a, a yeah. spurious charge to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the other one. Haven't I'm, you ever I'm gone to the grocery store and opened up a bag of chips before you paid for them, and then oh, not paid, chips or but, a bottle uh, of water or something? I can tell you that having a, uh, a young child who basically eats, you know, nothing but fruit, um, you know, <laughs> you know, going to the you store, <laughs> he's going to want those things. Now, generally, we try to get him to eat the things like berries and stuff like that that come in containers, and mm-hmm. um, they, they cost what they cost, and right. not the, you know, but you know, sometimes the kid wants an apple, and I've actually gone to the produce people had them wash the apple off so he could eat it in the store nobody nobody really says anything about it yeah especially if you stay if there's like a sticker on it or something um so anyway we pay for the apple but he's not not for the pieces he gnaws off right i mean it's it's because they have to weigh it it's theft essentially (laughs) but i don't know what to do about it or it's a freebie i don't know yeah i think that it's what the the cost of doing business and not having a screaming two-year-old in your store mine's four now but i mean this i'm just talking about things that have happened in the past yeah some grocery stores give out free samples of like cookies or apple slices or whatever if they want you to try their product but anyway so anybody needs to try an apple well, and I don't know if you get to try lube either in the store. It's not giving that out as a sample. Um, but, but they had the container. They could have. It's not like they're weighing it uh, on the way out. So you could, uh, you know, if for whatever reason you needed some Vaseline, say you wanted to put it on your lips before sure. you go out. I don't see a problem with opening it up, putting the Vaseline on your lips as long as you pay for it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you know, they're being charged with um, misdemeanors because they're you know saying this is lewd and lascivious. Now, what I want to know is like. Do you think this is appropriate to criminalize this or are, did they just do something offensive and like, you know, maybe they owe those other shoppers an apology or whatever or 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 is it even like that? Like are people just, you know, 
if you get offended, are you just responsible for like averting your eyes? Like, do you have a right not to see certain things in public? Well, I think uh, retailers have the right to decide what goes on. I think that anybody and property owners have the right to decide what goes on on their property, especially something that's uh, socially deviant like this. Um, but I don't think there's much value in putting these people in jail. I mean, maybe to prevent the behavior in the future, but couldn't one attempt to prevent the behavior in the future by talking to Walmart and seeing what mm-hmm. they want. What do you want, Walmart? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe the best thing to do is have these people be greeters. Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't maybe, know. Well, that's going to go. <laughs> maybe they could uh, hold signs. There's lots of these. I don't know if uh, this goes on nationwide, but maybe it does. Uh, people that hold signs for p- particular businesses on street corners. Have you seen this? No. Okay. Well, they'll, they'll oh, like, like dressed in a chicken costume or something. Not like, necessarily. To get yeah. Attention. But maybe, maybe a chicken costume uh, certainly wouldn't hurt. <laughs> well, Put some we, kind of clothing on them. We do have a call on the line. Let's go to Mike listening in Nevada. Mike, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, uh, uh, Hi. Good evening. And I wanted to say, uh, this is what I, 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 I just turned on and heard you guys talking about Walmart. But I, I, it is true that everyday uh, low prices means everyday low quality junk. And I do think that it is true that Walmart puts other stores out of business. But this is the dilemma that we have. If, uh, let's say, a company like, let's take shoes like um, Adidas Shoes used to be made in the United States, and they cost $50 to make, and they sell them for a small profit, that's fine. But when these companies go overseas like the China, and that pair of shoes now costs $2.10 to make, what right do these businesses have selling the shoes for $55 still? Supply that's and demand. I don't understand. I mean, the, yeah, people are mad at the wrong people. Well, you can get shoes at Walmart for... 12 bucks. I mean, you know. And I guess I have to say, like, it's hard to know where everything comes from. You know, like, it's, it's, I remember there was a documentary made by somebody who tried to only buy American made products for an entire year. And they were going to go buy everything that they, they bought American made. And it was hard to find out the information. Things cost a lot more. Uh, and they, at the end of the documentary, said that they, you know, this was really difficult. Yeah, I think that if there was a way for Americans to buy American-made items and it was easy and convenient, I think that people would even pay a premium and not complain about it. I don't think they would. Do you think so? I mean, a lot of people are really conscious about saving money now, and sometimes that's their biggest um, concern when they're they're choosing what to buy. Like, I, I know there are lots of people actually in my town. It's kind of like a liberal kind of college town area, and there are a lot of people who are like very conscious shoppers, and they choose like ethically made products, so-called, whatever that means. But it's hard to know, like, really, it's hard to really know where you're where the product you're buying is coming from and whether it meets your standards for ethical. And also some people are just so poor that they're not worrying about that. They're just worrying about like how to save enough money to make ends meet. And so I don't know. I'm, I mean, Mike, do you do you, so you don't shop at Walmart at all? No, I can't say that. I'm guilty of, uh, I'm a Walmart shopper to the max and it's mostly because Walmart doesn't have any problem letting the big trucks in the uh, parking lot. I'll let you sleep there overnight. Yeah. And, mm. um, yeah, I, I go and spend my money in Walmart. I mean, what, if I had a, a different trucker. option, I would use it. It's hard. To, it's going to be hard to yeah. open that big box store that only sells American-made goods because you're going to be that big box store that sells everything at a really high price. Now, to some extent, uh, if, even if the shoes are made for two fifty, and you're just making up a number, I don't know what it costs to make a pair of Adidas shoes these days. But it, there's shipping, and that shipping is a great deal. You know, they've got to get these things on boxes over here, and yeah. you know that has a cost too, as you know, as a, as a truck driver, Mike. 
Yeah, and I think, I guess, you know, I would have to think about this more, but I guess what I'm saying is if the iPad is allowed to be made in China, and you know it doesn't cost $400 to make that iPad. Sure. I let that it costs less than $70 to make an iPad. I, I, there should be some kind of rule or regulation or legislation that, that uh, makes it illegal for the company. That's, that's almost like price gouging. What about, um, what about competition driving the price down? I mean, because in a the, lot the of cases... The biggest problem is intellectual property in, in that Right, and that is gov- a government-granted monopoly on making certain products. And so if there were able to be copycats who could reverse engineer an iPad and make a very similar product and sell it for less, then it would guarantee to drive the price closer to cost because consumers would just have more options and they wouldn't be able to charge $400 for it. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I just I can't understand how it's been how things have gotten the way they are that that a company is uh what's the word when incentivized mm-hmm. when they're incentivized to go to a place that has uh you know no EPA and the people will work for 25 cents a day or whatever and then they just come back here and sell their products for the same amount that it would cost in the United States. I guess that's what my point was. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. The the value yeah. is to American citizens is wealth isn't money. Wealth is the things that money buys. And so if you can if your dollar will go farther, if your $10 can buy you a pair of shoes and a shirt as opposed to a pair of shoes or a shirt, then you're that much wealthier because you have a pair of shoes and a shirt. So the, you know, poor people are able to make their their their, you know, their dollars go far, farther. I have to say too, um Mike was mentioning like that Walmart lets trucks park there and so I mean, a lot of people have really mixed opinions about Walmart because like not only do they have you know products available for cheap that maybe help poor people afford certain things but they also like a lot of their stores they've used eminent domain to get that land to build the store on and they've they've like you know done some kind of shady things to like sort of get their locations and i think there is an argument that in mm-hmm. certain places they do put other stores out of business and maybe people want more choice they don't want just cheap products they want a range of products to choose from some of which are higher quality but more expensive and some of which are cheaper so, Mike, thanks for the call. Mike, thank you for calling in tonight. And this has been Free Talk Live. We're out of time for this evening. Check us out at freetalklive.com. That's our website where you can find all kinds of features. And thank you, Mark. Uh, I've been Stephanie. And, and I've been Mark. <laughs> right. And uh, we'll, we'll see be you in the future, too. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> 